heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your Game Master. This week we're continuing our adventure with Swords Without Master. But before we get to the show, I've got some news. James Cat and Alex Roberts will be at Breakout Con 2018 in Toronto. That's coming up March 16th through 18th. There's still time to register if you want to join us for three days of fun and games. Then coming up this Tuesday on the OneShot Twitch stream, we're going to have the third episode of A Woman with Hollow Eyes, premiering at 7.30pm Central Time at twitch.tv slash OneShotRPG. Before we get to the show, I'd like to take a quick moment to thank some of our backers on Patreon. Nial O'Donnell, thank you. Indigo Nat, thank you. Benjamin Abels? Abels? Benjamin Abels, thank you. Sarah Likens, thank you. Rob, thank you. Jeff, thank you. Einar Mossan, thank you. Bill Hathcock, thank you so much. Jeff Stormer, thank you. Jeff! Jeff uh, hosts the Party, Party of, of One, One podcast. podcast. And he did a great episode with me of uh, Scoundrel in the Deep. And I would very much like to be on this podcast, but I am garbage. Which oh, means true. It's very true, which just means that I am bad at trying to schedule things. But one day, Jeff, one of these days, I'm going to get you. By get you, I mean not be garbage at scheduling. Maxime Monarch. Thank you. Maxime Monarch. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you got it. I nailed it. Cat doubted me based on my whole history as a person. That seems wise. uh, Yeah, that's fair. Thanks again to all of our supporters on Patreon. Your support makes what we do possible. A quick update for dice backers on Patreon. We have a new distributor for our dice. However, it requires us to individually pack out all those units and send them to our distributor first. I realize I am very late on delivering the dice for 2017. However, once we start working with this new distributor, they will be on time for the rest of time, which certainly makes me feel a lot better. Thank you for your patience on that. And with all of that out of the way, let's get to the show. Now, that role did change our tone. We are now in a glum overtone as uh, we move on to the next type of scene. And I think that is going to be a discovery phase. We resume with our rogues on a starless night under the skies of this desert as there are no stars in this world Mm. Uh, only a moon the moon gleams above uh, with its menacing glow being the only light for miles around apart from the soft red glow of fires that have to be tended low they provide precious heat that many would die without however if the light is too much it will summon more creatures of the desert who will descend upon this camp like a storm tearing through the injured and beleaguered travelers so easily like a like a camel's hoof tears through parting sands we see our rogues seated around a fire trading stories of glory of the day earlier in muted tones muted tired tones because while they met battle with fury and grace earlier now they are tired and wounded not weak as our rogues are never weak So uh, you guys are going to be passing these dice back and forth, revealing details about the world or plot uh, through the experiences and knowledge of your rogues. Um, So you guys get to make bold declarative statements about this setting. You also get to interrogate me, meaning you can pass the dice to me and ask me a question where the answer is not a simple yes or no. As as an NPC or just as the... Uh, uh, you can, <clears throat> at, like, as a sort of... It's like NPC structure. Uh, it's sort of things like, I know a ship will take us as far... So- I know the ship will take us as far as south as we wish what vile price will the captain ask of us uh that sort of thing so you'll just be passing these dice back and forth like telling stories um maybe talking about uh what 
this caravan is intended to do, what your hopes are for it, uh, and that sort of thing. So I have described for you the thunder, and that thunder is the shadowy beasts of the desert that are hungry for your fire and your blood. There's no storm to interrupt or anything like that, so let's pass these over to uh, Played McCracken. Can I ask you a question real quick? Yes. Um, So during this, I understand that uh, as the dice are passed, one character... Uh, it, it, who the person who the player that has the dice is kind of leading that conversation. Can other people like talk and interact? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. you can talk and interact. Uh, the person who moves the world and has the ultimate say over what's happening is the person who holds the dice. Mm. They will first roll the dice and then uh, talk uh, about the fact of the world, revealing it in the rolled tone. Um, but other people can pepper in and you can even be your character going, no played, only bones matter. Uh, and, dude, and you just burnt that for yeah, me. I know. Dude. I, I did, can't use I that did, now. I did burn it. I did, I did do a burning thing. Uh, and no, yes, played only bones matter. Yeah. Uh, so played. So roll. So yeah, roll and then, uh, reveal things of the world in the tone Whoa, of the Oh, two sixes, baby. Let's see. I got to figure out what stymies mean in this. A bad story, but you learn a I secret. Learned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when a tie is rolled during the discovery phase, the rogue player reveals what the rogue should have known or noticed but failed to. Ooh. Oh, wait. Don't. Um, in regards okay. to the mystery? or In, in, in regards. So this is to what like, just happened. So th- there's something that played should have noticed mm-hmm. but overlooked. So you were revealing to the storytellers uh, mm. a truth, but that truth is hidden from your character. Ah. Right. So it could be evidence of Played's great enemy uh, mm. in the movements of the beast or something like okay. that. All right. Um, so sitting a little bit further away from like the fire that we have set, uh, Played sits with his fox brother. You, he finally took off the mask, and you can see like a... a for as grandiose as he was, he's much younger than you expected him to be. He has the the beginnings of a beard, but it's not that thick. Um, he he yet he is yet to have like you know any laugh lines or anything like mm-hmm. that. He just looks tired, and he's he's petting his brother uh, the fox, and he's just saying over and over again, uh, "Lauro Simaran," which was the horse's name, and he's just he just he doesn't even care about the person he killed. He's just sad about the animals that. Mm-hmm. Fell to his side. No played, only bones matter. <laughs> the bone collector says <laughs> mockingly. Um, <laughs> and he sits there and he, he kind of snaps off his stupor and, and looks around and he's just like, I should have known it was it was the beast's mating season. So they would have been in, in our trajectory. I could have I could have taken us another way, but I was too too caught up in just getting in and getting where I'm supposed to be going. It was the fastest path, brother. Uh, your familiar speaks in a voice that only you can recognize. Mm-hmm. To other, it is a hushed growl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, dude, I don't want to like come down on you hard or anything. Um, but it's my kind of, it's like my job to guard this caravan. And if there was like another way we could have gone, like, okay, because like I've been doing this for three years now, I've seen one of these before. Mm-hmm. Most people like sort of like unspoken things like you see three, you get to retire, like because you don't make it to four, mm-hmm. right? You you do two, that's nuts. I just did two, that's wild. Um, <laughs> but that sucked. That was that was bad. So I got as I got you know like I like the fox. Sorry about Lara, but like uh, you know I gotta say I'm a little kind of pissed. You know that you you didn't say like oh hey it's mating you know we could have gone. No, he I speaks know. in a tone away. of disrespect. Shall I steal actually, his I'm life to, as he slumbers? I'm trying to be straight up right now. I've been talking to my therapist a lot about just like being honest um, and just you know just presenting my truth. But you know yeah you know you have a right to be mad at me, fox guy, as I do to you. So I mean you know. the fox is just growling. Yeah. You you don't know what oh, words okay. it speaks. Yeah, but he, he's he, growling. He, yeah, like, no. he's, not, he's not purring. But seems mad. <laughs> <laughs> he scratches further right uh, beneath the right ear, which just completely calms him down mm-hmm. right away. He's like, oh, yeah. He goes, no, I know. I, I know. I, you have every right to be mad at me. I'm, uh, Trust me, I'm sore at myself as well. But I think we did the best we could do, given the circumstances. I, I couldn't reveal where I was, go- where we were going, without you know, drawing the wrath. 
another grizzled tra- uh, traveler sort of uh, speaks in a gruff tone. But what of the rest of the journey? If these creatures are to mate at this time, we've only seen but one. Right. We Blade, don't. have you damned us? Have you damned this caravan? I've damned myself. He stands up. <laughs> Speak low in your tones. Do you wish to invite more of the desert's wrath upon this caravan? Hey, Cramble, Kr- he's really <laughs> mad right now, but Cramble is right. You know, Steed, uh, my Steed opens the curtains of the, and he's like, will you shut the fuck up? <laughs> Just trying to sleep. Steed. Oh, too Steed, Steed, my man. Just, sorry. Uh... Hey, by the way, I saw some, some like mirrors, like out in the sand. Like, <laughs> those are had... valuable. Oh yeah. I, I hold, I held on to a couple, um, uh, 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 steel, 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 steel eyes. Steel eyes. Steel, 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 steel eyes. Steel, 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 steel eyes was written on. I saw those guys back in the day, man. Those were good. Did you get the Boston one? I did get Boston. Okay, cool. I love Boston. Okay, good. That's a valuable one. Okay, cool. I'll I'll hook you up. You sleep good, man. All right. So Uh, now I'm awake. (laughs) (laughs) Steed, roll those bones and we'll see the tone of your secret. All right, so a glum Mm. secret, which should be easy in this shadowy desert. Mm. Yeah, we got a glum game. A glum glum secret about myself. I should reveal Uh, about the fire. It doesn't have to be about yourself. It can be about the world at large. Right. Um, You know, there there can be a tyrant king somewhere uh, in the distance. Well, a glum secret that just, something that just, um, could it be an occurrence that's happening or has to be more of a secret? No, it can be whatever. Okay. Uh, and mm-hmm. it can be things that like your cool. character knows and is revealing to the rest of the world. The only time it had to be a secret was with Played because Played like right. didn't mm-hmm. know at the time. Well, something that that Steed has realized as he's woken up, he has this sort of um, it's a compass, but it's sort of like a uh, it can read balance and it can tell tell us things about the world. It's got all kinds of fancy gadgets on it, and he's nobody else can really feel this right now. But right now, the the Earth or the plane that we're on is starting to sort of invert somehow. Ooh. So we're not necessarily on a round planet, per mm-hmm. se. So it, mm-hmm. it would be if, if, if the world was indeed flat. And he's just like looking at this and, and he's, he doesn't want to reveal this to everybody because re- he really just wants to go back to sleep because he's high. And, uh, <laughs> but he's just noticing that everything's starting to sort of invert itself on, on edge. Ooh. And he has yet to reveal this to you all. With that knowledge, you can either decide that that, that has like happened and, and you're satisfied with that. You can pass the dice to me for an interrogation to ask me a question I will about pass the, the world. Dice to you for that, yeah. What is your question? How does this affect uh, everybody's drinks around the fire? Mm. Ooh, oh. I like it. So, yeah, the plane is about to shift. I think the drinks that are normally uh, of of humble uh, inebriance, drinks that are light to the touch or you're drinking really just for hydration, like, like a weaker beer, um, take on a sort of uh, hallucinogenic effect. Uh, it's like Aurora Borealis seeps into your body through the liquid and you experience, even though this is like a sort of dark and somber night, because I realized, uh, when we got that stymie, we got another tone shift, mm. uh, in the overtone and the overtone switches, uh, back to jovial, uh, bright colors sort of seep into your vision. Uh, you don't know it's because of the magnetic and cosmic force that dance in the sky are about to shift the very plane that you're on but beauty has snuck into this mundane quietness and you all experience this together and there's a bit of a collective conscience about it you understand that something significant is happening though you know not what and in that there is beauty um, I am going to pass this to the bone collector. The bone collector uh, is very, oh, man, this is really nice right now. <laughs> and and he's feeling pretty good. And he's like, the thing with the bone collector is he doesn't just, he doesn't collect bones or like some fucking sick kick, despite how I may have framed some of this. <laughs> <laughs> he does it because he's proud of them and because he's good at it and because he, he wants he has a collection because he wants the most beautiful bones and he wants people to know that and wants to see. And, and suddenly he's, he's so filled with 
this calm beauty and joy, he he like flips one of his large satchels around and is like, "Would you guys like to see some bones? Some of my best bones." <laughs> Anybody? Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, six, six, sure. yeah. So uh, supposed to pass the time. Um, and be sure to roll as you uh, oh, reveal yes, a uh, truth um, about the world, too. Okay, so this is another, a glum truth against the jovial sort of background. Okay. He he starts going through his bones, and of course, uh, he, he's showing uh, progressively more, more impressive bones, larger or more ornate uh, or just harder to acquire. And uh, like eventually, he, he starts pulling out the big, the big boys, and he's like... Uh, Oh, yes. Here's um, the bone of um, one of my dragons, one of the three kings. Maybe you're familiar. Mm. The three kings of bones. You guys familiar with, uh, with the bone I think, market? Uh, not really. No. Steve, you, you, I took Stole. you as a guy who knows about bones. <laughs> I, I know about bones. But I've, you know, I've got a couple in the bag here. But by the way, if you want to buy some. you got some, a couple in the bag? If you want to buy some. Yeah, yeah sure. sure, dude. <laughs> let's, let's, we'll we'll talk. I don't know about the king's bones. The okay, well, low, the low ember red of the fire dances against the image of this bone. And then the thing is, he goes to the, uh, he, he pulls out, uh, out this dragon bone. It's impressive. And then he's like, oh, and, uh, uh, I have an actually an even more magnificent bone, and he starts to reach in, and this is truly he thinks one of the most fascinating bones, and he remembers it was that bone that he shoved into one of the tentacles, that barbed bone. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he starts to lament. He's like, oh, it's back in the sands of the desert, probably under deep under. That glassy, broken creature. The funny thing is, though, I don't know what creature that bone came from. What beast that bone belongs to, and, and I'm a man who knows his bones. <laughs> I wish you could see it. It was truly beautiful, but what was it from? And sort of haunted by that revelation, or... Or that mystery that has played at your mind so often as the bone collector when you run your fingers across its horrible, jagged edges. I have to ask, do you wish to pass the dice to someone else or do you have an interrogation for me? Yeah, and an interrogation, is this like is this from me as the player or from my character? Either, Again. either. Uh, you, I, you, it can be your character asking a question of another NPC that that NPC will have the answer to, or you can just ask player to player, like, hey, what's going on with this? And I will tell you. Okay, so um, the, uh, the bone collector, he stabbed that bone into the tentacle, and then he climbed down and ran away. Mm -hmm. uh, he didn't, like, pay attention to anything that happened after that. Did did anything happen with that bone? Did it just stay in the tentacle until it turned to glass? And uh, Did it also turn to glass? So we, or whatever? Uh, we cut uh, back to that moment of chaos um, in sort of a sapia-shadowed tone. Um, as we can see, the the tentacle wrapped around this jagged piece of bone, and we can see the black blood uh, of the tentacle oozing into this bone, and the bone sucks it up with a hungry, dehydrated quality. Um, the It continues to whip around in the air, grabbing more tentacles around it until it's in a tangled mass um, then the poison slowly, the yellow veins eke out throughout all the tentacles and they become weak, too weak to hold aloft this thick mass uh, and this jagged bone. Um, and soon it falls to the ground. After it falls to the ground, bits of glass appear on it, flakes away, leaving this bone that was once white with its jagged edges now an ebony black shining with an obsidian quality in the desert sand. Uh, and as the sun sets, we can see a green glow emanating from uh, this black object as a dark hand closes around it. Ooh. And I'm going to pass this on to Nazar of the Seven Sands. All right. 
this round ends when I be- when uh, me as the overplayer sees a clear path forward. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, guys. Uh, let's see what we got going on here. Ooh, glum. man, glum. <laughs> glum, glum, glum. We got a bunch of jovial boys uh, and a bunch of glum moments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, you know, we straight, you know, rogue to rogue to rogue to rogue um, to. Uh, I, I would consider name. myself uh, a sellsword. <laughs> My name is Garbus. Garbus. And that other name I said before, I think, is your last name. Yes. Um, but I won't say that again, because there's no need to be formal. No. Uh, no. <laughs> Not between companions who have spilt blood together. Yes, truly. No, just rogue. Anyway, like... To Fox. To Fox. <laughs> to Bone. <laughs> Thank you. I, I want to say, just uh, truthfully, I appreciate that. People don't usually acknowledge my bones. <laughs> <laughs> That's sad, man, because it is a pristine I mean, collection. if you identify as a bone, you identify as a bone, and there's everyone needs to accept that. Yeah. Well, well yeah. Th- thank you. Th- I appreciate that. I don't identify as a bone. I really just mean when they acknowledge my, my collection. Oh, your collection. But if I did, if I did... Very cool of you to say that. Side, Very cool of you side, to say that. I, I was going to go off on this whole soliloquy, but uh, side, you know, you know a lot about bones, right? You know everything there's enough. What oh, yeah. kind of creature is that, Mama? That's pulling fucking Steed's caravan or the, oh, his, yeah, his little ski house. Ooh, yeah, what the, is this thing called anyway? I've been yeah, wondering for what years. What is that called? Mm, those tusks. Mm, yes. Mm, They're not just, bones, so don't get any ideas, man. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away. Mm, it's not sexual. It's just appreciation, despite <laughs> how it sounds. Um, that creature is called a hog. A hog. hog. Yeah, that's that's what a hog looks what? like. And this is waiting all these years for someone to tell me what the thing. Oh yeah, it's called a fucking hog. Yeah, H A W G. Oh, that's cool. Okay, hog. I'm sorry, I have an accent. Yeah. Hmm? His name is Matthew. If you just want to talk to him, he he does have hopes and dreams. Like, can you talk this. to animals? Yes, of course. Wait, you know the name of my hog? <laughs> yes, oh, Matthew. Shit. What well, we learned a lot about this hog today. <laughs> Damn. Dude, hmm? what is he like? Or you know, well, I can go. I mean, well, you just told us our name. Like, tell well, us something yeah, about I mean, the I asked, guy. I didn't ask. I mean, we were kind of in a rush. I didn't. I didn't get his. You know. I can tell you Needs. about my haug. Oh, you my can haug. tell. I, yeah, I didn't mean to presume. He, my uh, you know, which which is funny that you like bones so much because I happen to have a cribbage board that's a bone here. So my haug likes to play cribbage quite a bit when in our downtime. Wow. <clears throat> um, he loves to root for a lotus uh, flower, which I like to smoke quite oh, a bit. Yeah. Uh, truth be told, guys, Sick in my dude. pipe. Pound it. Yeah. Lotus, lotus. <laughs> you as well, right? I should have yeah. known an old bone man like the lotus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brother, and, you better believe. Uh, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's a little, he snores quite a bit at night, as you might guess. So sorry, when you guys finally decide to go to sleep. Well, that's because that's a deviated septum. He can't do anything about that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, and he, when you, uh, he likes to knead quite a bit too when you scratch him, which is an early sign of being taken away from his mother too soon. Oh, they say, you know, if he's yeah. trying to, to sort of like, uh, milk you. Mm-hmm. But, anyways, that's Haug. That's cool. Sounds like a sweetheart. Yeah, I, I uh, hope he dies a glorious death and I can have his bones someday. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 not, not soon. Someday. I think it's here? fair for a hog to die a glorious death and for his bones to be honored in a creepy man's sack <laughs> as he travels the sands. Steed feels a little threatened and he reaches down into his pack and he pulls out a t-shirt cannon. So all right, like, all right. Hey, hey, step listen, I, I, I do this sometimes. I, I cross some lines. I realize not everybody's is into bones. Right. I want to apologize. Fair I enough, because yeah. it doesn't work anyway. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Well, now you can't use that again. You can't. I know. My t-shirt cannon. <laughs> yeah. I've been taking away the power of the t-shirt cannon. Dude, the t-shirt cannon is like the foil to your deus ex machina of like a fucking poison <laughs> yeah. blade that yeah. kills any beast. Not any beast. Not a, Oh, you're right. Uh, beast yeah. of the desert. Though. I have to go re... I got to dip it in the vial again. Oh, you only, do? Only it's a one-use thing. Oh, I didn't realize that. It's consumable. Yeah. You so paid, I I paid six ninety nine. dollars You have to go gone. down in the deep. Yeah. The gone. blade is right. a loss leader. The real money is in the poison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They give the blades away yeah. for free. 
so when I decide that there is a clear path forward, uh, we end the phase of discovery. Mm-hmm. Again, this phase of discovery is all about creating moments of wonder. Uh, and I have to make that decision after answering a loaded question. Mm-hmm. So I believe Nazar of the Seven Sands was the last to uh introduce some wonder by uh naming by by actually uh y- using the power of a name and uh giving a name to our hog uh both species and uh we learned its actual name is Stephen what was it Mathayu Mathayu yeah do you have a question Gannon for me a loaded question a loaded question yeah a loaded qu- Okay. Because all these questions are things that, like, it's not a yes or no question. It's a question that, like, I will give you information about the world. Okay. Um, Well, I would really like to know where, what, what is the location our caravan is traveling towards? Mm. What is the land? What, what, when... Uh, what yeah what is what is beyond these sands mm-hmm. okay so you That's... are headed towards the shining oasis in the middle of this desert that stretches for miles and miles and miles is a city of immense wealth and power uh, where the cis- citizens dance in decadent glee for there is a spring in the middle of the city and a tamed jungle set up around that spring spires tower to the heavens and planted on the side of each one are lush green plants that bear fruit and flower with sweet smelling scents uh all all around uh where most cities in this setting uh sit in dirty hell uh even the poorest citizens find themselves well fed uh in this warm place uh a dry heat that does not overwhelm with plenty of fresh water to go around it is a trading capital as they grow different foods that can endure the desert heat and uh, retain freshness for a very long, long time. Uh, they import goods from all sorts of different places around the world, mostly salt, uh, as it is very spare uh, to find in this place. Not that it's needed, as they have all the food they could want for. Um, they also export uh, very cool liquors and wines made of the strange fruits that grow in their land. The shining citadel in the center of the city is where the good king sits. And that is not a gendered title. Every ruler who sits on the throne of the shining citadel is called king. The king in their lineage has ruled for thousands upon thousands of years. They pass the skull of the first king uh, around to each citizen. And when it glows a bright gold, they know they have found their new king, someone who has a soul that matches that uh, the kind one of their first ruler and the good king uh, who sits there now is a woman uh, I think in her early 60s Uh, she used to be a barbarian wanderer uh, who wandered through the wastes of this land slapping sandal across cracked earth uh, before she saved the citadel from a horde of devils that emerged from the desert. She was past the skull of the king who died in that battle and uh, took the throne for her own. And since then, trade has increased. She tapped many trading partners that she made in her adventuring days. And you rogues are among those trading partners. You have been summoned the citadel to bring a massive caravan at one of the most dangerous times of the year as uh, was pointed out earlier by Clade, uh, by Plaid, uh, this land is currently in the mating season of some of the most horrible beasts and monsters around. Um, and on top of that, there is uh, an impending cosmic shift that only uh, the great scholars who have access to devices uh, that Steed carries in his very ah, pocket know about. Um, but during this time, uh, it is considered a time of great upheaval. Uh, during a cosmic shift. So this is going to bring us to the rogues phase. 
phase. Mm. Uh, now, the rogues phase, uh, we, we emphasized before that rogues are heroes and rogues. Uh, they have no obligation to society or anything other than freedom, and they are capable of things most people are not. During the rogues phase, we will pass the dice back and forth and make demands of one another. Demands like, show us how you manage to steal this blade unnoticed. Show us how you sink the fleet that pursues us. Uh, big action-oriented things. It's not a beat-by-beat combat that we would face in a perilous phase. Uh, it is uh, the sort of thing that happens uh, in large movements. Uh, this can encompass the rest of your journey. This can encompass different things that you encounter during the Citadel. This can even be uh, flashbacks that show us like how uh, the... And I think I'll actually start this way. I'm going to pass the bones to the bone collector. How did you come across that strange bone that has played at your imagination for years? Show us how you acquired it. Do I, I roll first? You will roll. Okay. Because you could be stymied and not even remember how you acquire it. <laughs> well, I'm hoping so. That's fun. Not stymied, and it is a jovial roll. So show us how you acquired that strange bone that you lost only very recently. Okay. So we flash back. And, yeah, that's that's a little something for my uh, sound effect fans out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We flash back. And as you, you said, we'll, we'll go with this. You said it was a few years ago yeah. that he found this bone. So it wasn't like certainly he had been a bone collector for uh, a, a long time before then. One um, cannot have a collection like his without, without being a bone Exactly. Yeah. You got to put the time in. People are like, hey, how do you get so talented at collecting bones? It's like I fucking practiced, dude. <laughs> like I fucking put hours into it. I just go on eBay and buy a bone. Yeah. I know, right. Like, okay, eBay maybe. Oh, are you, oh, did your daddy buy you that bone? No. All right. Anyway, sorry. I, I'm sorry. I get. Don't get me started, dude. Dude, like, uh, you know. In fact, I, I think we should move to bone uh, democratic socialism instead of bone capitalism. Because uh, I would like to share my bones, but at this point, it just doesn't it make just sense. Makes sense. Um. Uh. Anyway, so. <laughs> Ooh, I got off there for a second. Where was I? Flashback. You see a, a flurry of activity. This jovial, as this was a jovial role. It's a bright, sunny day, but it's not the beating sun that makes the sky white. It's it's distant and and just right for the the light clothing that these uh, uh, these denizens of this world. Uh, are, are want to wear. And you see this activity is, is centered around a variety of tents on an aisle. And you recognize it as a midway of sorts. And into the frame, we see walk, uh, walking a, uh, a tall, uh, slender, but well-built man, um, with a full head of hair, mm -hmm. uh, and you you see that that he looks. I mean, maybe he's in his thirties or something like that. Certainly not old, uh, and he looks healthy. And um, he turns and looks around, and uh, he turns into the camera, and you see his face. He's he's uh, he's attractive, and 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 again doesn't it doesn't have sunken cheeks or anything like that. Uh, but you recognize the same eyes as the bone collector, and the mm. same basic skull structure as the bone collector. Um, but also his his black clothing uh, is not strips and tatters. Uh, it is all put together uh, finely uh, and in an or ornate fashion. And you see you see him uh, approach a game uh, of some sort. It's imagine it. You can tell it's a carnival game, but it, it doesn't resemble any carnival game we have. Or maybe it does, but everything's made out of like meat and stuff, so you can't really <laughs> recognize it. And, um, and hanging above, you know, the camera scrolls up very, on Neoscom, we always use the camera. So like yeah. that's, uh, the camera scrolls up and you see, of course, like a collection of like what would be their version of a teddy bear and stuff like that. And then at the very top, 
hanging that master prize that takes you know thousands of tickets or whatever yeah is hanging and it is this crazy bone and frankly like nobody wants it they're like dude i'd rather get like six teddy bears or whatever like why would i want this i can eat course, those teddy bears they're made of meat yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly you have to walk around with the big bone all day yeah too. right yeah. Like, what the fuck would i, I want, want like what kind of satchel would you need to carry a bone like that um let me tell you um and <laughs> so uh and then you know we uh we flash forward and you see the sun go like twice mm-hmm. and then uh and then you see this this uh this man uh with this arm full of tickets and the tickets are made of fucking dry skin or something uh so yeah what a world welcome traveler i see you've earned many tickets can i interest you in my rare wares perhaps this musical instrument from the ancient world once called a banjo or maybe you would prefer many instruments i can offer you many kazoos or perhaps a potion of perfect darts silence merchant man i'm after one thing and one thing only your bone that one <laughs> shining really more of a display piece none would want to win the bone oh, wouldn't you prefer a, a, a different treat to uh, suit your needs no one needs a jagged old thing like the that the bone collector like flips the like tray table in front of you and like the meat yeah, and whatnot bleh. that like <laughs> fills the air like fucking like little creatures yeah, like run jovial around. as hell yeah yeah ah, oh I ask for the bone. Now count my tickets and get me the bone. As you request. And, you know, we cut forward. He has the bone and it's beautiful. And you see him uh, like walking through the desert uh, holding this bone. And as he walks, the like images behind him are moving fast motion. Like, ooh, time is passing. Mm-hmm. Time is passing. And as it goes, he's getting more and more sunken. And uh, the, the muscle underneath his skin is uh, just fading away. And the, the color in his cheeks is dissipating. And uh, his hair slowly falls out. Uh, and cut to the moment where he stabs the bone in the tentacle and flash forward. Excellent. Uh, so now you have the dice. You can make a demand of another player as well. And you can make demands of me uh, to see anything about NPCs or or the world at large unfold, being aware that I will have power over their circumstances. Um, see, this flashback actually played out in the Bone Collector's mind because it's been years and uh, it was always kind of fuzzy. Like where he got it, he didn't quite remember the conditions of that, but it's starting to come back now that he doesn't have it anymore. And he starts to, he's like, oh, the midway, the, like this sense of like, uh, you know, this carnival atmosphere, uh, like, what was that about? And Steed talked about having different bones. And so, uh, the bone collector approaches Steed and you don't oh i don't have to roll because yeah. i already rolled because you're handing yeah you're handing the dice i'm to handing steed, oh yes okay. um, to make a demand of him and um, usually demands bone master these are my bones <laughs> they're it's action oriented it is show us you doing something show us is how uh these phrases start so i'd say i'd yeah. say that to him yeah, basically show us steed doing whatever oh okay um show us steed pulling out all the bones in his uh in his uh collection of random objects and telling me the source of them and talking about his days in a carnival this is can this be like as a result of me like interrogating and we can skip the actual interrogation yeah well this or, so this I'm, is I'm, this I'm is sorry an action oriented phase so so we've exited the discovery phase where we reveal truths and wonders okay uh, this is where we show the rogues in action doing something that you know is as sort of uh important to their person so rather than storytelling, like this is us seeing Steed in Steed's element. Okay, so this is not it doesn't have to relate to my character. No. no. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so you're passing it to another rogue and you're like demanding action of them. Okay. And this can be back in time, it can be forward in time, it can move the caravan, you know, it can be show us how Steed leads us to the shining citadel or something like that. Yeah. Uh, show us steed leading the newly shrunken and uh 
damaged caravan with Hog, this mighty beast, one of the only beasts that survived the ordeal. Is that is that good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So it, c- currently we're still up, we're camped, or we flash forward from... So you can flash or... forward to whatever, like the last thing that we saw was this camp of people sitting around the campfire and sort of hallucinating under the effects of, of the shifting uh, yeah. cosmic radiance. Do I need to roll at this point? Um, so yeah, you, you'll roll to, to show us like how this is happening, whether it is going to be a glum or a stymie or uh, okay. a jovial thing. Okay, cool. There we go. And that's jovial, baby. Yeah, jovial. It's yes. jovial. Uh well, since everybody's just sort of everybody's just sort of woken up and Steed being a master of chemical inebriation and <laughs> being able to function the next day while grumpy, although jovial because he this is his 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 state um has decided to wake everybody up and say hey guys let's go and matter, steve has not gone to bed and he hasn't gone to bed in days because he's been smoking the flower <laughs> um <clears throat> and he's like look everybody just get on the back of the sled i'll take us we'll go as far as we can go we're running low on provisions steve thankfully knows how to he can basically roll into wherever another encampment or whatever and whip up money or food because he's a gambler and he's yeah, a hustler yeah, yeah. he will mm-hmm. always win the bet because of his his charlatan ways um so that's really where he excels in his his place in this world is that um, that he's spent his life as a rambler. He can go into any community and milk anything that we need to get out of it. Um, he also really doesn't like this life and he wants to get off the road. And what he idealizes, he he wants to just sort of retire at mm-hmm. this and get rid of all this this life as a rambler and a, as a rogue. Um, he just wants to be a, a peaceful bro down by the river with his in his little van his little sled down by the river <laughs> with his hog and just yeah. and just chilling and kind of like listening to whatever format of of classic rock it's probably youtube unfortunately yeah um of, of listening to classic rock of this world and and just hang out but he's like let's go he wants to get kind of like get into town and sort of start sorting this life out that's his like secret plan yeah unbeknownst to you guys he wants to bounce so is uh, this town that he's going into to start wheeling and dealing, is that the Citadel itself or is that a stopover on the way? I think it's a stopover on the way to the okay. Citadel. And um, I don't know much about the town. It's It looks yeah, – I think you can, kind of, you can kind of see it on the horizon. Yeah, 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 yeah. And maybe it's like a little bit – maybe you can set the stage for this, but um, – what this town might be. Um, uh, well, we already decided that there are Leviathans uh, like around. Right. They've left mm-hmm. bones. So this is just a town that's made out of the bones of a massive creature. There are people who have like built settlements and encampments in it. Um, I know one guy who's really going to want to go there. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, he's actually <laughs> napping right now. He has no, he has no idea. Yeah. It, he like, sleeps through the whole thing. I'm just driving hog. And I'm just like, it is yeah. built on the shell of <laughs> The a, best truck stop ever. You're about to yeah. miss it. Oh, 100%. Of a titanic best bathroom. desert tortoise. Uh, oh, this thing, buddy. you know, is like uh, a mile long shell uh, and the shell like helps weather the storm. Uh, so sand beats across this shell and piles up and you can see every day there are sort of peasant workers who have to dig the shell out and make sure that it, it doesn't just get completely swept over and become a dune. But yeah, you, you can see the sort of eclectic collection of people. This is not uh, the sort of happy place that the city citadel is this place reeks um because it's like sort of containing all of like this human sweat and and you know gross waste and whatnot and it smells like rotting food because like that's what they can get and it's just full of like really sort of seedy uh wheelers and dealers and they eye your caravan like the injured people the tired people uh with hungry greed um, but you, Steed, are a wheeler and dealer. You know how exactly to deal with uh, this sort of person. Yeah, we we pull into town easily. Everybody, I like that everybody's still sleeping right now. I pull into town. And I'm like, look, we're going to set up over here. I'm just going to set up a little stand, and I basically start assembling a small midway mm. um, of like games and whatnot that I can that I can whip up out of bones perhaps and other <laughs> things that are are in you know old tent poles and like uh hipster canvas bags or whatever that i've just sort of found making sort of this little like area where i can begin to uh 
generate currency or trades or barters in this in this town i don't know how this is helpful to our story at no, all no, but I mean, it's it, really serving it my purpose so, so yeah you, you set up i mean what, like one of the things in the rogues phase like you can create wealth for yourself you can and you can do that in any phase anytime you have control like you can put elements in the story that were not there before so you're, you're setting up uh this area and uh someone emerges from uh the shell hail traveler it looks like you've brought yourself a fantastic caravan. Welcome to Shell City. Oh, thank, thanks. We're glad. We're glad to be here. Shell City, huh? Yes, I <laughs> only ask a tithe to uh, please the Tortoise Lord, and you'll be able to set up whatever games and arrangements that you have uh, as you stop. I assume on your way to the Citadel. Carrying many valuable we, goods. Uh, I like the cut of your jib. We might be headed that way, but uh, mm. so how much are you looking for? What do you mean? Like, oh, uh, only 100 pieces of gold. That seems a bit much to me. Uh, <laughs> oh, now, that. it may seem like a bit much, but the tortoise warriors provide a firm shell, and you'll be able to rest on the western end of the shell, safe from the battering sands of the storms outside. Uh, yeah, we, we, we know about nice? those. We know about those. How about, how about this? I got a paradise here. Let's roll. If Ooh. I roll high, I set the price to tithe. If you, you roll high, you set the price. Maximum 100, of course. <laughs> Interesting challenge, Traveler. I accept. Let's, let's roll. Jeez. And six. He really did roll a six to my four. <laughs> there, I was going to say, they are trick dice, so they're going to roll my yeah. four. So. <laughs> but thank God, it really worked. Ah! You bested me, Traveler. Fine. Set up where you like. The tortoise lord honors his word, and you have his protection. Thank you very much. I'd like to wake up uh, Nazar and and see if he can like sort of feel the vibe of where we should be setting up. You know, because yeah, you're yeah, you're yeah. A, you're you're a bit of a ranger and a scout, right? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Is this right. like what seems good? Are we getting tricked here? What's going on with this area, Nazar? Hey, wake whoa, the fuck up, man! Are you going to make a demand of Nazar? I am. I'm going to uh, ask him to go uh, check out the land and also check out the people and sort of like recon this town that we're in to see if we should just keep moving. Again, or this is it indeed some place that we should show spend us some time. Nazar doing recon. Ooh. It's a stymie. Okay. Um. So, uh, stymies during the rogue phase. Shit. Uh, oh boy. Well, that's that's the game, gentlemen. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. That's right there in the rules. This is when you were at the height of your powers and you're stymied. Uh, so more so than in other phases, uh, rogues phase intent is to is clear uh, when the dice are rolled in the rogues phase. Uh, but several types of demands lead to intriguing situations when a tie is rolled. So because this was showing you scouting, uh, how do you <laughs> fail to scout? Okay. 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 So, so I'm. I leave Bajabalepsi behind. I leave the big tank of wheat behind. I, uh, I, I hop off into town and I put my blue cloak over my face and I, and I wander in with the. I feel like there's a and lot this of flips to glum. Mm -hmm. Glum. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of the, the the clothes everyone's wearing are very. Uh, they're very like dark and the light inside of the tortoise. There's like fire firelight. But also there's like holes cut into the top of the tortoise, oh, creating yeah. like a very strange and shadowy effect. So it's always kind of uh, a dim light mm -hmm. um, inside the tortoise shell. So I'm walking over to the west side and there's just like people everywhere hawking their goods, speaking in languages that I, you know, maybe I understand their origin, but I don't understand. And I'm looking around. It's like everything, everything seems fine, but I have this, 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 this feeling in my gut that's mm -hmm. like this is not this is not good yeah and uh all of a sudden i feel like a, a prick in my neck Ooh. and then I, I i i reach for it and i pull it out and it's just like a little needle that's in my neck and i go that's uh legs give out i fall out pass out <laughs> a group of dark figures mm -hmm. uh Similar, perhaps, to the dark figure that touched the bone in the desert, yeah, scuttle yeah. over to me, pick up my body, and exit camera, walk cool. off screen. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back next week with the conclusion to Swords Without Master.
In the meantime, if you're looking for another great gaming show, check out Modifier. Modifier is an interview podcast with host Megan Dornbrock that's changing the game when it comes to changing games. Designers of every level are invited to discuss what prompted them to hack a game, the kind of play experience they seek to create, and the types of stories they're hoping to tell. Coming up March 16th through 18th, James Cat and Alex Roberts will be at Breakout Con in Toronto. There's still plenty of time to register if you want to join us for three days of fun and games. Then coming up this week on the OneShot Twitch stream, Tuesday, tomorrow if you're listening to this the day it came out, the OneShot Twitch stream will be featuring the third episode of A Woman with Hollow Eyes at 7.30pm Central Time. Be sure to join us at twitch.tv slash oneshotrpg. As always, we end one shot with a call to action, and our big call to action in 2018 is for you to register to vote. If you're looking for specific ways to do it in your area, head to voterparticipation.org and put in your zip code for more information. Getting yourself and everyone you know registered is the first step to making a difference. And if you're looking to have an even bigger impact, you can make a difference by calling your representatives. An easy way to do that is heading to fivecalls.org. Five Calls has issue summaries to help you understand the issues affecting your country, contact information for your representatives, and a script to read while you're on the phone to keep yourself on message. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest OneShot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music, which is right now swelling up over my voice, is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.